Today on CityCast Boise, Idaho's abortion bans are having their day in court. Abortion rights advocates are bracing for the Idaho State Supreme Court's decision to come soon after Wednesday's hearing in downtown. But you know, it's been complicated and confusing to follow this really important case. That's why I checked in with Boise State Public Radio reporter James Dawson ahead of the hearing. He helped clear up my confusion about the legal process and the arguments at play, and helped me think about what might come next. It's Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. I'm Frankie Barnhill, and this is CityCast Boise. Thanks, Jimmy, for coming back on CityCast. Boise, I know you're following uh, this particular issue pretty closely, so great to have you back on the show. Hey, good to be here, Frankie. Okay, well, I mean, I think the first thing we need to do before we get into the lawsuits, uh, because they're very complicated, is start with the laws, which are very complicated. It's never not complicated. (laughs) It's never not complicated. Uh, So, okay, what's, what's in each of them? And I guess maybe start with, I don't know, the one that was passed in 2020, which we refer to as the trigger law, the one that had the 30 day clock that has officially begun since the Supreme Court's official decision has been filed. Yeah. What's that one again? <laughs> okay, so let's let's break it down with the 2020 law that got passed, which kind of got lost in the shuffle with the pandemic, right? Because Idaho's mm. legislature meets January through March. So, you know, we, we just like kind of went into lockdown right at the tail end of it. So this law would ban all abortions in Idaho, except in the cases of rape, incest, or if the life of the mother is at risk, not the health of the mother, the life of the mother. Um, And there's no further definition on that. A whole lot of advocates recently have been talking about, okay, well, what is that line? Like, how sick does the mother have to be before you can get an abortion? Or, um, you know, realistically, can you actually even get an exception for rape and incest because they require you to go get a police report to show your doctor before they will perform the procedure or prescribe you the medication? Which can take weeks to get the police report and have that in hand. Well, months or years because the, the investigation has to be closed. So like if they have a suspect and, you know, charges are filed and they need to go to court, the police report isn't available. Mm. Um, so essentially it's it's moot, which is something Governor Brad Little mentioned uh, when signing one of <laughs> one of these bills uh, himself. So but yeah, that's the 2020 law. It is the supreme one. If you if you remember one thing from this talk is if the 2020 law goes into effect, it will be superior to all of these and, uh, you know, all all the other ones. They'll still be in effect, kind of. So, like, if the Texas-style abortion ban that we're going to get into later is also in effect, uh, you know, that civil cause of action where you can sue the doctor would, would still be available, but there would be much more restrictions on the actual procedure itself. Who would be liable in the the case of the 2020 trigger law um, in that instance it would be the medical provider and it would be a criminal um, offense it would be a felony charge and then it's 
what is it, two to five years of prison someone would face if they not just actually perform an abortion, but as the law states, I think it says, attempt to perform an abortion. That's exactly right. Uh, it'd be a felony charge against the medical provider, two to five years in prison. Uh, and again, you're right that it is even attempting to perform an abortion, not to mention that their medical license would be suspended for a minimum of six months on the first offense and then permanently revoked uh, if they were found guilty of you know, performing a second criminal abortion after that. Right. And of course, the the point of this and other bans as well, the other bans is to have it be focused on the providers as a chilling effect. Um, And I know that was kind of a way to get around uh, the problems that other states were facing when it was that the person who's pregnant was the one who's, you know, facing a criminal charge or could be sued. Well, well, and that's been like a... (laughs) That's a that's a really old standard that was, you know, several, several decades ago where uh, the law would target the actual um, person getting the abortion. Uh, and ever since it's it's, a, it's been the medical provider. That's not to say that there aren't people in the Idaho legislature who don't want to criminalize the, the mother. Um, th- there have been bills uh, introduced every year. Uh, they haven't gone anywhere, but that would make it murder, essentially, and the and the mother could face murder charges if that law were to take effect. Okay, so if that goes into place, which it would on August 25th, right? August 25th. August 25th, unless the Idaho State Supreme Court does something, changes that, makes has a stay, uh, yeah, uh, decides against it in some way. Yeah, exactly. Okay, then why did they pass the Texas style, the so-called Texas style fetal heartbeat um, ban this year in 2022? Yeah, I I think that anti-abortion activists have been pretty clear, like that they want to get rid of all abortions and and ban it completely. Uh, But that's not to say that they don't want to kind of take this shotgun approach where it's like, okay, let's see what sticks, right? I mean, uh, you have states across the country every year trying that were trying different things before the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade uh, back in June. Right. Um, and so it's like they would kind of ratchet back that timeline. OK, what about 15 weeks as, you know, the maximum length of time that you can be pregnant and still get an abortion? What about 12 weeks, six weeks, stuff like that? And so I think that, uh, you know, passing this was just Another attempt to further ratchet down Idaho's uh, abortion laws while they were ultimately waiting for their their big play, the Hail Mary at the U.S. Supreme Court to just completely revert power back to the states. And so they had the 2020 law. Um, banning most abortions already on the books. And they're like, okay, well, that's great. That's in our back pocket. But, you know, in the meantime, let's keep going and see what see what works. Right. Okay. As far as what this Idaho State Supreme Court is going to do this week is look at these two particular bans, one being the trigger law that goes into effect 30 days after the um, federal Supreme Court has ruled officially on Dobbs. And so that date would be August 25th. Um, Now, of course, there's this Texas style ban that we talked about that also uh, basically has just been waiting to go into effect at, at any moment. Um, and the, the the state Supreme Court was holding that up, right? Yep. Okay, okay. All right, so now we've got those, uh, we know what they are. What are they arguing? Are the legal arguments the same? They're arguing three main points. Number one, that the Idaho Constitution has some kind of right to privacy 
in it uh, that's implied. Um, the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court actually uh, kind of addressed this in one of their filings where they're like, uh, I'm not really sure whether or not that argument is going to hold water because that was, you know, kind of what we got out of Roe v. Wade, right? Where yeah, that was the federal foundation yeah. uh, uh, for Roe v. Wade, right? Was the right to privacy exactly? And I mean, the ever since Idaho was even a territory, abortion has been illegal here. Um, you know, up until Roe v. Wade. So uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not a lawyer, but it, it's hard for me to imagine that the people who wrote the Idaho constitution and the territorial constitution would, um, have been like, yeah, you have a right to privacy for, to get an abortion. Um, now the other two points, one that the law, well, laws are unconstitutionally vague as it relates to like that medical emergency life of the mother situation. They didn't define that. Uh, Where's the line? And then the third one is that it would violate the equal protections clause, basically saying, you know, you're treating women differently than men uh, because women are are the ones getting pregnant in these situations. Uh, So so those are their main arguments. Um, The state has, (laughs) of course, rejected all of those arguments saying, nah, uh, those don't hold water. Let these go into effect. We need to be able to regulate abortions just like uh, the U.S. Supreme Court gave us the power to do. I want to linger on the second point you made, the one about medical emergencies. Now we're really hearing these stories, um, in particular, this uh, Texas woman who about four months into her pregnancy, um, her, her water broke early, obviously, very early. Her doctor said that the likelihood that the fetus would be viable and would be able to survive was very low. Um, but because the Texas law was in place, she couldn't get the medical attention, couldn't get the abortion that she needed at the time. And the fetus still had a fetal heartbeat. Um, I know that you've heard this story, so I'm like retelling it to you, Jimmy. But no, no, by all means, it's it's, it's an incredible story. It really is. And then, of course, um, we could see this here, right? We could see things like this happening here, too. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, we could see something like that in Idaho uh, because these terms aren't defined. Now, conservatives I've seen, um, you know, on Twitter or uh, elsewhere, writing stories in, in conservative outlets say, no, th- these these are these definitions are, are pretty self-explanatory. Um, but as any good lawyer will tell you, you need to be exact and precise in your definitions if it's going in the code book because you don't want uh, medical providers hemming and hawing like we had in this situation in Texas. Right, exactly. And there's, you know, that's just one medical condition. There's so many others, ectopic pregnancies, which can cause, you know, internal bleeding and can be really, really, really dangerous. Um, yeah, there's there's lots of other uh, <laughs> examples of what could happen. Um, okay, so Idaho Supreme Court looking at this, uh, the time is, is here. Um, are we one of the first states that has had, you know, has these bans that were just waiting to go into place that now is getting that opportunity to uh, challenge it 
in state court? Yeah, we, we seem to be. So I've seen cases elsewhere. Florida is coming to mind where those appeals and those lawsuits are kind of winding their way through that state's court system. Uh, I mean, Planned Parenthood went on a blitz two or three days after the Dobbs decision came down and, and filed a whole ton of lawsuits uh, challenging these kinds of trigger bans that were in effect uh, and, and just kind of waiting for that decision to come down, essentially. Uh, you know, so we're talking, do, you know, dozens of states who had this uh, or there were other states that also just had laws on the books from, you know, the 1800s that had outlawed abortions. And, and those are um, in a in effect, uh, according to their attorneys general. Mm. The thing with Idaho, though, is that, you know, the Florida case, for example, started in a lower court, whereas, you know, here. Planned Parenthood was able to file it with the Idaho Supreme Court and kind of bypass uh, those lower levels and essentially saving time. Uh, because as anyone who's ever followed a court case knows, I mean, that that can take, you know, a year or two to, to get up to the Supreme Court level. So theoretically, Idaho could be one of the states where we have the earliest answer to whether or not, um, you know, these laws are, are going to take effect or not. And if they don't, then I would certainly imagine the Idaho legislature coming back and trying to pass a constitutional amendment to ban all abortions. It's a good point. The timing of this is so interesting. Obviously, that this is happening uh, this first week of August and that trigger ban is supposed to go into effect August 25th. So when do you think they might make a decision? I know this is uh, you trying to get in the minds and figure out what the state Supreme Court might want to do. But do you have a sense? Are they you know, they have some urgency here to, to make a decision. And I think that's going to play into their, um, <laughs> you know, their priorities. Right. And, and their kind of time management skills, because the Idaho Supreme Court, the five justices on there, they don't have any kind of uh, statutory time limit um, attached to it. It's not like you know, the U.S. Supreme Court where, OK, we have, you know, relatively defined term lengths, like we're going to hear cases from October and then uh, we'll throw out our last decision, you know, by the end of June or whatever. Uh, Idaho Supreme Court doesn't have that. They can take as long or as short as they want to. Um, but they have a history when they take up these cases that are time sensitive. And this one certainly is. I mean, we're talking about a few weeks after the arguments, uh, you know, these laws potentially taking effect. Right. And I would I can't imagine that that wouldn't place some kind of urgency behind their decision and releasing it. Now, whether or not that does come out before or after, I don't know. But I would certainly imagine that, it, you know, it's not going to be too long, uh, you know, before that happens. Well, thanks, Jimmy, for coming on the show again and helping me better understand what's what's going on at the Idaho State Supreme Court this week. Yeah, happy to drop by anytime. And one more thing before you head out. Although the hearing is open to the public, you had to reserve your seat in advance because of all the interest in this case. If you missed out, Idaho Public Television will be streaming it live. We'll link to that in the show notes, along with more information about an abortion rights rally happening at the Capitol that same night. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. Did you know we also have a morning newsletter? We share news of the day along with tips on how to be a better neighbor. Check us out at boise.citycast.fm. We'll be back in this podcast feed on Thursday. 
See you then.